Tony Campolo here, inviting you to stay with me and with Shane Claiborne, my uh, uh, son, in a sense, uh, because I'm <laughs> 85 and he's uh, young enough to be my son. And is good friends with my son, Bart Campolo. Uh, Shane and I are on every week at this time. We're promoting Red Letter Christianity. And um, if you don't know what that's about, you need to go to our website, redletterchristians.org. It's a movement. It's an attempt to get people to take the red letters of the Bible seriously. If you read the New Testament, you'll find that only four times does Jesus say, believe in me. Fifty-seven times he says, follow me. The red letters of the Bible are indications of the teachings of Jesus. A lot of people are anxious to get their doctrine straight. And so they are into the epistles of St. Paul. Uh, Paul is big on giving us a theology. The idea of being saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. That verse appears in the epistles. Jesus doesn't teach that. Uh, he teaches a way of life. Mm. Uh, so we've got two emphases. emphases. One is Paul, who says, this is what to believe, and Jesus saying, this is how to live. The red letters of the Bible, the old Bibles had the words of Jesus highlighted in red letters, and uh, that's why we call ourselves red-letter Christians. We're, we're reluctant to call ourselves evangelicals anymore, even though we are evangelical. We believe in salvation by having a personal relationship with Jesus. We believe the Bible was written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit um, and uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit guided the writers so that they wrote a book that is an infallible guide for faith and practice. We believe the Bible was inspired by God and the writers were directed in what they wrote by God. Uh, we believe in the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed, but we don't use the word evangelical as much as we once did because the word evangelical has lost a lot of its meaning. If you were to ask people what an evangelical is, he or she would respond by saying, oh, there are those people who are uh, anti-gay, anti-women, anti-environmentalists, uh, who are uh, holier than thou, uh, who are judgmental. And we're saying, no, that's not who we are. And uh, they said, well, this is the image that we have of evangelicals. That image may be in part due to distortions created by the media, but it's also a distortion of true Christianity because evangelicals have been those things that I just said uh, the world views us as possessing. So uh, some of us are calling us ourselves red-letter Christians after the red letters in many of the old Bibles, which highlight the words of Jesus. I have uh, with me the ultimate red-letter Christian. He is the face of the movement, and that's um, Shane Claiborne. So, Shane, say something about red-letter Christians. <laughs> well, you did a good job. I, I think the good thing is that there's a whole lot of faces. You know, there's so many folks that uh, want the, the, to change the narrative of what Christians care about, and um, it's, it's a beautiful movement. We, we've got on our website uh, a whole... Uh, section called the People Page, where you can see all of these different writers and speakers and preachers that are uh, singing the song of Jesus and justice, that are talking about 
things that matter uh, in the world as, 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 as they're talking about Jesus. So one of those things, you know, that we've been uh, working on, Tony, is, um, I mean, we, this idea that we want a consistent ethic of life, that every person is made in the image of God. Every time someone's dignity is squashed or their life is cut short, that matters to God. And, uh, you know, it's a a pretty heavy heart right now that some of us have as our country. Um, I mean, there's so many things to care about. Uh, uh, but one of the things that's new here in the U.S. is that our current administration, the Trump administration, has um, reinstated federal executions. So we haven't had a federal execution in 16 years, and there's only been three in the last uh, 60 years. And so we, we've um, got states that execute, but only a handful of them. Uh, but now our federal government has lined up uh, five executions, and um, the first one is set to happen uh, really soon, just a few weeks. So a group of us have been organizing for alternatives to the death penalty. And there's a lot of folks over there in the UK that, you know, are done with the death penalty, but there's also a resurgence of folks that would like to bring it back. So it's it's something that, you know, we want to we want to say in a world with so much death, why would we want more? <laughs> yeah, and w when we say uh, we we uh, are supporting, the, when people say we're supporting capital punishment because we've got to stop people from murdering people. Mm. So, mm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the idea of killing somebody because you're opposed to people killing somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's a contradiction, is it not? One of my favorite lines is from, I mean, the, the early Christians in general uh, are, are such a, a beautiful voice for life, and they spoke consistently against violence in every form. Um, and when it comes to the death penalty, Cyprian had a great line. He was one of He's the early, one of the early church fathers, yeah. uh, and there weren't many church mothers around because— the church often silenced women, but Cyprian was in, uh, about when yeah, did so he live? He was in, in uh, the third century, I believe, and so he was a bishop. He ended up uh, 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 saying this, though. He said, why do we call it evil when an individual kills an un another individual, but we sanctify it when the state does it in mass? Isn't that amazing? So why can't we say consistently that it is wrong to kill, no matter whether it's done by a criminal or by a governor, or in our state, you know, the, the federal government, that it's always wrong to kill. We don't rape people who rape to show that rape is wrong, and we shouldn't uh, kill to show that killing is wrong. So when it comes to, the, you know, executions, it's, it's interesting because most of the world has moved on from it, um, but uh, the United States kind of stands alone in the, you know, Western sort of industrialized world. And the company that we keep uh, when it comes to executing our own citizens is... China is number one in executions, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, and usually the U.S. is number five or six. Yemen and Pakistan are in there. Egypt, like, so we're, we're in the top like 10 of the executing countries in the world. Um, and, and, and what's also troubling about this is that um, in the United States, the biggest support for the death penalty has been evangelical Christians. Uh, who have, We have a very narrow... A definition of uh, what it means to be pro-life. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that, that's, uh, but you all can be praying for us because that's something that we're, you know, we're working uh, around. And I, I'm particularly involved in a lot of the death penalty cases. One of them uh, that I've been very involved in is um, 
in the case of Rodney Reed, uh, which if you haven't seen Rodney's case, he's set for execution in November. So when this comes out, uh, there could be some developments around this. But I hope that you will uh, uh, go to the website um, justiceforrodneyreed.org. And I was just with his family, Tony, and he uh, is... I am convinced um, one of these cases of innocence where we got it wrong. And in fact, uh, the woman who was killed, uh, all signs of evidence point to a police officer, uh, Jimmy Fennell, that uh, was likely responsible for this crime, was actually jailed later for a similar uh, incident while on duty as a police officer. Um, And they actually have in this case in Texas the murder weapon that was used but the prosecutors refuse to test the DNA on it because it might prove that they were wrong. And you're like, what? What in the world? And, and it's outrageous as it sounds. Like, why would you ever not test DNA uh, you, on, a, it, on a key piece of evidence that could, could is a matter of life and death? Uh, for the person, you know, so that it's a, this is a big deal. And I, I think that's one of the, the really important uh, aspects of this is, is going, you know, even if we believe in harsh punishment, no one is saying that someone should be able to get away with murder. But our government and our criminal justice institutions are imperfect. And in fact, for every nine executions that we have, we've had one exoneration. So we've had one person that has been proved innocent for every nine executions. Like if you think about, if every 10 planes that took off, if one crashed, (laughs) you'd be like, whoa, we've got a problem, you know? And so, uh, you know, I I think we've got to really question about, you know, how much we trust our, our governments with the irreversible power of life and death. And particularly for those of us that are Christians, don't we believe that we can do better than mirroring the very violence that we're trying to heal the world of. One of the best testimonies uh, to support Eastern University, uh, the school with which I have been so closely involved for the last 50 years of my life, more than that, 60 years of my life, having gone there as a student, having taught there for many, many decades, um, Eastern University, is that one of our graduates, uh, Brian Stevenson, has become a leading spokesperson against the death penalty. He graduated from Eastern University and uh, went from here uh, to uh, Harvard Law School, Uh, graduated uh, from Harvard Law School, having made a law review, which is like the big honor that you can get if you go to a law school, law review from Harvard. And instead of going to work for a quarter of a million dollars a year and uh, on Wall Street, this African-American scholar of law went to uh, Montgomery, Alabama Mm. and set up this organization called the Equal Justice Initiative Mm. and has gotten um, more than 250 people off of death row. I mean, this is an amazing record. And, um, And there's a great new film. 
uh, that's going to be a blockbuster uh, coming out uh, in in the fall here. I think it's actually next in, in about six weeks it'll come out um, called Just Mercy. And so Brian's book is Just Mercy, but now there's a full feature length film with Michael B. Jordan from the Black Panther and all kinds of Jamie Foxx, all kinds of great folks in it. And I got to be on set one day as they were, you know, filming this thing and it, it is unbelievable. So uh, if you're, if it's not on your radar, read Brian's book, Just Mercy and, and check out uh, the film, Just Mercy. It's going to be incredible. His book was a bestseller, uh, was on the New York Times bestseller list uh, month after month after month. Uh, this is Tony Campolo and uh, Shane Claiborne. And the name of this show is From Across the Pond. And uh, we're talking uh, today without a guest. We usually have guests on our show. but um, means we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> and so well, one of the things that uh, Shane is big on, uh, and I am big on, is opposing the death penalty. Uh, we don't honor God by executing people who have committed uh, what we call capital crimes. Interestingly enough, we know that Jesus was opposed to the death penalty. Um, in the scriptures, we read about him uh, coming across a situation where they throw at his feet a woman caught in the act of adultery, mm -hmm. caught in the very act. Which uh, was a, a capital crime, actually. That's yeah. right. The Hebrew law, the Hebraic law, the Talmud, the Torah, uh, both uh, claim that people who commit adultery, and incidentally, they're always picking on the woman, yeah. Who is, you know, they got this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Where's the guy? Uh, as we say in, in uh, common language, it takes two to tango. Yeah. It takes two to commit adultery. Where's the guy? But they're going to uh, put this woman to death, and the way you put the woman to death is by stoning her, uh, putting her to death by stoning her. Uh, what a horrible, horrible story. Mm. And Jesus uh, looks at this woman who is guilty, nobody's questioning his guilt, her guilt, guilty of having committed a capital crime, adultery, caught in the very act, and they're going to stone her to death. Mm. And the famous story is simple. Jesus looks at the people in the crowd who are about to stone her to death and say, uh, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. Mm. He gets down in his hands and knees and begins to writing in the dirt. Nobody knows hmm. what he was writing, but tradition has it that he was writing the names of men in the crowd who were about to throw stones at this woman and stone her to death, that he begins to write the names of men in the, uh, in the crowd who had committed adultery, hmm. naming them and the women that, he had, that they had committed adultery with writing it in the dirt, you and know, these men shamed uh, disappear, mm. leave the crowd, and finally they're all gone. Mm. And Jesus says to the woman, woman, where are thine accusers? Mm. And she looks up and realizes they're all gone and says, they've all disappeared, master. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Mm. Go thy way. And then he lays on her the admonition and sin no more. Don't do this again. Uh, we're getting you out of the mess right now. Don't get in this mess again. Mm. And the woman goes on her way. Jesus knows the Hebraic law, demands that she be put to death. She has committed a capital crime, but she he's opposed to capital punishment. And you and get the sense is. that the uh, 
the only one who had any right to throw a stone had no desire. And the less, you know, the, the closer we are to God, the less we should want to throw stones at people. Uh, but over here, um, the, a lot of the Christians, we've been the, the biggest advocates for the death penalty. And uh, it's interesting because the, uh, the Pew study, they, they, they surveyed the folks around the country and they asked, would Jesus be in favor of the death penalty? And 95% of Americans said, no, Jesus would not be in favor of the death penalty. And what's clear but is... We we are, just, but we are. But we are. Jesus would be opposed to it. But we are. We just kind of convinced the Christians uh, to be more like Jesus is what it amounts to. But I'm, I'm optimistic. You know, uh, uh, millennial Christians are overwhelmingly against the death penalty. Almost every uh, year, a new state uh, in the United States... Um, abolishes the death penalty. So we're uh, only a handful of states are executing, but every one is too many. Uh, and we, we, you know, it's beautiful that the, the Catholic uh, position has become even stronger. So the Catholics have said there's no place for the Pope. Pope Francis has been a great voice on this. There's no place for the death penalty anymore in industrialized countries. We have other ways of protecting people from someone who's eminently dangerous than by taking their life. And for Christians, we always hold out hope. That, that Jesus can, can heal the heart of even a murderer. And we have a precedent for that because the Bible's full of murderers <laughs> like yeah. David and Moses and Saul of Tarsus. So we believe that. I like the Methodist. The Methodist statement is one of the best. It says um, that capital punishment uh, undermines the possibility of redemption in the work that Jesus did on the Whoa, cross. Oh, that's great. So we, we, we betray the very uh, possibility of redemption as we uh, take someone's life. So how can we worship one who, while we were yet sinners, died for us and, and, and not hold out the hope that someone else might be able to be transformed by that grace? So one of the things we've been doing in Tennessee um, is that I've gotten to know a lot of the men there on death row. And they, many of them are deeply, deeply committed Christians now, and some of them have been there for decades on death row. Um, and they've asked the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, to, to visit them and just to pray with them and hear what Jesus has done in their life. So 32 of the men on Tennessee's death row have written this letter. Actually, one of them has now been executed. Um, and so we're asking the governor to do that. So you can help us with that. You can... Uh, uh, you can follow me on social media and ask Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee to, to just meet with the men on death row and uh, hear what Jesus has done and, and, and pray for them. Um, so we've got these little postcards we've been sending and we've got letters we've been mailing. But it's, there's a lot at stake because I think it'd be, it's not just a political issue, but I think there's all kinds of theological layers in this idea of uh, what it means to be Christians uh, in the world we live in. So... Um, so the death penalty—that's one thing we've been working on. But you've been what? Tell me what you've been doing uh, lately, Tony. We've well, been we've been be, busy. Be, before we move off of that, we need to explain to our uh, friends and listeners across the pond in the United Kingdom that here in the United States there are two sets of laws. Each of the states of the fifty states has its own set of laws, and there's the federal government that has its set of laws. And uh, we have a situation where the laws of a state cannot contradict the laws of the federal government. What is important for us to note is that recently, under this Republican government, the Republican Party government, uh, which claims to be so in tune with Jesus that the death penalty has been reinstituted 
on the federal level, mm-hmm. even though on the state level, uh, it still may exist. This is Tony Campolo. Shane Claiborne is the other guy on the show with me. And uh, we're glad you're listening in to us. We're here every week at this time promoting red-letter Christianity, pointing our way to the Bible. And in the Bible, in many of the old Bibles, the words of Jesus are highlighted in red, which is where we get the name for our movement, red-letter Christians, highlighting the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. Uh, He tells us uh, to follow him, And if we follow him, we will be opposed to the death penalty. In the federal level, the death penalty is now being employed again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you just cite the person and the situation, Shane? Yeah, so uh, like I I said in the beginning of the show, at the federal level, we've gone um, over 15 years without an execution by our federal government, and we've only had three executions since 1963. So... We've have sta- a few states that execute, but the federal government has really sort of been on a hiatus from that. There's been a moratorium. So there's 62 folks that are on our federal death row. Um, and now we've got more executions than we've had in the last 50 years that are lined up over the next few months. So there's going to be um, resistance movement around that. Um, a, a lot of people of faith that will be gathered in Indiana where the first execution's uh, set to take place. But here's the interesting thing is a lot of conservative folks believe in limited government. And it really um, it raises the question uh, of how much we trust our government with this kind of irreversible power. So, um, and you know, there's a lot of folks that say we, we this should be for the worst of the worst. And some of these folks that are on federal death row have done really terrible things. Um, but we often know that the the indicator of who actually dies is not the atrocity of the crime, but arbitrary things like the resources of the defendant. Uh, there are things like, was the victim white or black? Um, what, where was the crime committed? All those things matter. And you just think about this, like Jeffrey Dahmer uh, didn't get the death penalty. Um, Charles Manson died of natural causes in prison. Ted Kaczynski, who was the, the Unabomber, he had a Harvard education, and so he's still alive. Um, and so we're not executing the worst of the worst, but as our, our friend Brian Stevenson said, we're, we're executing the poorest of the poor. And, and uh, uh, so we, we want to see the death penalty done away with, and you, you all can uh, be praying for us and supporting us in that. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, as this show comes out, we'll see some changes that, that are happening on our federal level to interrupt those executions. But uh, uh, everyone's too many. Let the me good just, news is that every year they're dropping lower and lower. We're having, and, and we have less death sentences, so our whole country's moving away from it. But, you know, the end of the death penalty couldn't come quick enough. Uh, as we come towards the end of this program, may I uh, point out uh, that uh, the federal government, which is basically now in the hands of the Republican Party, is the God Party, is the, the evangelicals are the strongest supporters of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump could stop the death penalty, like, instantaneously. Mm -hmm. But he knows that his base of support is the evangelical Christian community. And the fact that they are so supportive of the death penalty 
when Jesus obviously is opposed to it, and that 95% of them would say Jesus was opposed to the death penalty. If they're followers of Jesus, why would they support the death penalty? And yet they're the greatest supporters of the death penalty in the United States today. Well, we're coming to the end of our program. It's, uh, it's Tony Campolo and Shane Claiborne, and we're asking you to go to our website, redletterchristians.org. And as we think about the death penalty and all these other things that we're talking about, Jesus is our lens for thinking about them. I, the, the other, uh, the writings of Paul, the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament are all really important. And, you know, in, in my book, Executing Grace, I really look specifically at those texts that we've used to justify the death penalty. But what happens too often is that we uh, read Jesus in light of Paul's writing or the Old Testament rather than interpreting Paul in the Old Testament in light of Jesus. So um, uh, keep reading the Bible, keep uh, advocating for life, and uh, thanks for all your support over on this side of the pond as we try to end the death penalty. There's amazing voices all over our country that are coming together. And uh, we're out of time, aren't we? We've got uh, 45 seconds left. <laughs> That's enough to say uh, we love you in the name of Jesus. And even as we speak on behalf of social justice, we don't forget that there's a Jesus who offers eternal life to all of those who trust in him for their salvation. Praise God for Jesus. And that's who we preach. And that's what we're about. And that's what this show is about. Red a, letter Christians. What a beautiful thing it, it is that the Savior of the world comes as a refugee and dies on a cross. So we'll send you off on that note. In the name of the executed and risen Savior, go in peace.